Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to Manifesting Muslimah. I'm your host Zara Pedersen and today I want to share with you some of the things that I've manifested into my life. So I want to preface this episode really quickly by saying that while I know and you should know by now that we're constantly manifesting things into our lives whether we are aware of it or not, today I want to focus on the things that I've consciously manifested like the things that um, weren't sort of like just happening because we're constantly manifesting and using the law of attraction but because I set a goal I set a target for myself and I was like this is what I want and now I'm going to go out and manifest it so that's the kind of manifestations that I'm talking about today so I'm not going to continue talking about a ton of things I'm just going to go straight in because there's so much information I'm going to focus on three specific things that I managed to manifest into my life and the first one is my book deal so here's the thing I signed a book deal in 2000 and actually it was the beginning of 2020 but it started in 2019 and here's how it started I had just moved back to Denmark at the time now I live in Spain things have happened I had just moved back to Denmark. I was working as a um, personal trainer still at that point in a um, private gym in Copenhagen. And I had gotten another opportunity to work in a TV show, which I accepted. And I, at the time, was like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. I'm just going to go with the flow a little bit and see what happens. While I was working on this TV show, I got the opportunity to meet so many interesting people and hear their stories and listen to some of their experiences. Now, while that was happening, something inside me felt really inspired to sit down and add to this conversation that's currently happening in Denmark and has been happening for years and years and years. We're not going to go into that right now. Either way, I, at that moment, had had an idea for 15 years. I had sat on an, on an idea for a book for 15 years in my head. I'm not even ashamed to admit that because sometimes good things take time. Sometimes, not all the time. So I'd had this idea for a book for 15 years and I had tried in the past to sit down and write this book out because I knew that I wanted to be the one to bring this book out. And and sometimes when I doubted it, I was like, you know what, maybe somebody else is going to come out with it because clearly I'm struggling. Maybe I'm not meant to put it out there. But either way, the idea never left. And I constantly tried to sit down and write this book. It never came until I did this TV show. Suddenly, I it was like as if like a light bulb had sort of gone off inside my head. And I was like, oh, I, I see the angle now. I get the voice. I understand the full purpose of the book, not just like for it to be entertaining and whatever. It's There's, a, there's an actual reason behind the book. And that's the thing that I needed to be able to sit down and write it. So after I did this, did this TV show, I was like, okay, now I've got the time. I need to sit down and write this book. And I knew that I wanted this book out. Now, initially, there was so much doubt in my mind. There were so many questions questions that I was like, I don't even know how to do this. I don't know how to get a publisher. I don't know if I should get an agent. I also, I write in English um, and uh, horribly in Danish, but I write, I'd say pretty well in English, but I didn't know if any publishers in Denmark would be interested in working with me because I write in English. Um, but either way, there were so many questions. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to answer any of these questions of how it's going to happen, but I know the what it is and why I want it. So I just sat down and I started writing in English the book. And I just kind of went off on one, got about 5,000 words in in the first month. 
within that month, something else happened. Um, the TV show had already come and gone. It went on TV and then um, it was it was only four episodes of this specific show um, that I was hosting. And then a journalist from a big national newspaper in Denmark reached out and he was like, listen, we're making this little you know, just little feature for Christmas where we are talking to a Muslim, a Christian, and a Jew, and each one of them have to sort of, we're just talking religion and Christmas and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just a fun little feature. And I thought, well, sure, why not? I mean, it doesn't have any sort of point in my world in that, like, it's not something that is going to elevate my work or anything, but it sounds fun. I'm going to do it. So I did that. Lo and behold, the Christian woman that they had in that um, particular feature was a publisher, a, a book publisher. She'd seen my show on TV and was like, hey, she seems interesting, speaking of me. Um, I should reach out to her and see if she wants to write a book. Then she kind of got busy, whatever, came away from it again. And then when she saw that I was the Muslim in the feature and she was in that feature as well, she was like, this is a sign. I need to reach out to her now. So here's what she did very professionally. <laughs> she slid into my DMs over on Instagram. <laughs> and not even from like a, uh, like a publisher's account. She slid in from her private account, like private person account. And she was like, hi, my name is Louise. I'm the Christian in that feature. Uh, I also happen to be a book publicist. Um, do you think you might want to write a book someday? And I was like, what is going on? At this point, remind you, I had 5,000 words written. And I was like, listen, I'm coming. I'm coming. Let's meet. A set a date. I'm coming over to you now. So we set a date and I meet up with her. And so here's the thing. She wanted me to write a political debate book. She wanted me to write a story about the my life, what it's like to be um, a minority. And I'm putting it in quotations because I don't know how much minority, well, it still is a minority, but still. She wanted me to write a book about being a minority, Muslim, growing up, having a dad for an imam, an imam for a dad, sorry. Uh, or, you know, just generally speak into like the political tone and whatever in Denmark, which I was like, oh, I don't know about that. So we were talking a little bit back and forth. And then in the end, I say to her, listen, um, I'll think about your idea, but I'm actually writing a book myself and it's a novel. And I just kind of explained to her the idea and she sat down and she was a little bit critical. And she said, well, not, not critical, but like she was critically thinking about it. She's like, okay, well, do you know how it's going to end? And I said, yes, I know. And she's like, okay, well, do you know the plots? And I said, yeah, I know. Like I had the book planned out and she said, okay, is there going to be a sequel? And I said, well, yeah, I'm, oh, excuse me, I'm playing with a hair clip, and that's what you heard. Uh, very unprofessional of me. She said, um, okay, well, so there's a sequel. Do you know how that's going to go? And I said, yeah, I'm, like, roughly, I, I, can't, I think I know where it wanted to go. And anyway, um, she was like, you know, maybe not feeling it, but she said, you know what, here's the thing. Send me the script, what you got. And I said, I only got 5,000 words. She said, that's fine, just send it to me. I just want to see how you're writing. And I said, oh, yeah, by the way, I also write in English, because I don't know how to write in Danish. <laughs> she was like, no problem. We can get it translated if it's good work. Either way, she was very open to all of my suggestions, my ideas, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to send her the book. This could be it. This could be it. Now, I later found out from her, she's told me this, so I'm not speaking behind her back or anything when I, when I share this with you. She said that every publisher who speaks to someone who says, oh my God, I actually have this idea for a novel, that inside of their heads, their eyes are rolling because everybody says that. And nine times out of 10, 
they've got nothing. You know, either they, you know, they don't know how to write properly, like they're horrible writers, or they haven't thought the plot through, or it's literally just a really shit suggestion for a story. No offense if you're sitting out there and you have a shit story. It's <laughs> not my problem. Listen. <laughs> Either way. So she, unbeknownst to me, was sitting there rolling her eyes inside her head thinking, oh gosh, here we go. I've got to waste my time, talk her out of the novel, whatever. I sent her the novel idea, the 5,000 words, and I was like, oh my God. And she sat on the 5,000 words for two weeks. She sat on it for two whole weeks, 5,000 words. Do you know, like, that is literally like an hour of your day, if that. Like, just sit there, read it quickly, boom. She sat on it for two weeks, and I thought, oh, gosh, no. It's gone. She's not going to get it. She just doesn't want it. It's, she, she doesn't see the vision, whatever. She wrote me back after two weeks, and she was like, this is fucking brilliant. This is epic. Yes, I want it. We want to sign you up right now. And we want to sign you up for this one and the sequel as well. We want it right now. I cannot begin to describe to you the immense joy and happiness I felt when I, about a week before my birthday in the year 2020, sat down at the publisher's office and I signed a contract for the first two books with my publishers. And all of that this whole thing, by the way, happened from around October. That's a very loud cock-a-doodle-doo from my chicken. From about October, end October to January, that short amount of time. That's how quickly this thing manifested into my life because I made a very clear intention and I took action, okay? That is it. That is literally it. And the, and the timing was right, okay? See, the timing, because as I said, I've been sitting on this idea for 15 years, but when it was time... Everything became so clear and all the pa all the, the paths were just so like, yep, lit up. It's been graveled. You can walk nicely on it, whatever. Like the, everything was just set up in a straight line for me. And all I had to do was just take the opportunities when they came because every step of the way I could have gotten in my own way. I could have... Um, doubted her when she reached into my, uh, or reached over to, reached, reached out to me, my goodness, reached out to me in my DMs and been like, well, she, that doesn't seem very professional. She's reaching out from a private account. I don't know about that. I could have, uh, said to the guy from the uh, national newspaper, I could have been like, you know what? I don't know. That is, it seems like a lot of effort and a lot of time for something that's ultimately not going to make me any money, you know, in the short term, but clearly it did because I got my book deal, whatever. I could have sat down after I did the TV show and been like, oh, um, I need to write it in Danish. And I could have really messed it up for myself because I'm not a very good author in Danish. Uh, I could have, I could have done so many things. I could have postponed so many things. I could have just broken the whole thing down from the very get-go, but instead I trusted that everything was supported. I trusted Allah. I trusted the intuitive guide that I had been given by Allah to say, this is the right timing. Sit down now because now I'm giving you the inspiration to do it and I'm going to open the doors and just you make sure when I open the door, you step through. Okay, so that's the first thing I manifested. The second thing I manifested was the home that my ex-husband and I, we bought. And this is such an interesting story as well. I feel like this is going to be such a long episode because I can't figure out how to just, you know, stop waffling on about so many things. But either way, the point is my ex-husband and I uh, were, well, actually, we weren't really even looking for a, for a new house. Uh, we were actually quite happy where we were living. But my ex-husband had this thing of he always start, like wanted to look at um, the market and see what, what houses and stuff. And then he showed me this one specific house. 
that was absolutely stunning. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a really pretty house. And so we went and had a look. There was an open house and we were like, well, it's not going to hurt anything. We're just going to go and have a look. I fell in love immediately. I fell in love immediately with the house. I was like, wow, this house is my house. And I felt it immediately. I was like, this is going to be our house. This is going to be our house. As we're walking through, I see, first of all, I see a picture and it's got uh, some uh, Quranic writing on it. And I'm like, oh, even better. There's a sign there. It's a Muslim household. People who are selling it are Muslim, which I don't know why, but it, it, just something like that makes me just open my eyes a little bit more, especially in a place like Denmark. Maybe not if you're from a Muslim country, but in Denmark, you know, we are a minority. So <laughs> you know, when you see somebody selling and they're Muslim and you can see the Muslim stuff, I'm like, oh, just going to pay attention a little bit. Then when we see the kitchen, I, like we've seen the whole house. We come back again. We're talking to the agent who's got the open house, there's a picture hanging on the fridge, and I'm like, I know that man, I know the man, the picture of the man hanging on that fridge, I know who he is, and so I ask the agent, oh, can I ask his name, and he was like, no, I can't give you that information, fair enough, I fully understood that. Later on that day, we're walking, my uh, ex-husband and I are walking back home, because it wasn't far away from where we were living at the time, my sister, I kid you not, shares this, that listing for that house on Facebook because it turns out to be old family friends of ours, my family's old friends that we've known since childhood. My dad has known the man that I saw on the fridge, the picture of the man hanging on that fridge from since before I was born. <laughs> it's a long friendship. Uh, he, he has since passed away, uh, this man, in um, but it was just so, it was just so, again, take one step and Allah will light it up one way or another and things are going to happen. So either way, we were talking about the price, my ex-husband and I we were thinking, you know what, if it was about 300,000 Danish kronas cheaper, we could play, we could actually put in an offer. And then my sister shared this house and I'm like, oh my God, I know these people. So I shared with my sister and I said, listen, um, do you still have contact with these, these people? Because I didn't have them on any of my socials at this time. And she said, yes. And I said, well, could you ask her and tell her like, you know, my ex, uh, at that time, husband and I we were looking at the house and we were really interested. Would they be interested in going down on the price and whatever? They said yes, and that was actually our maximum price was their lowest price that they would agree on. A lot of other things happened, but in an effort to try and keep this episode just a little bit short, I, I might have to save it for another episode if you want to hear more about this journey, because during this journey, specifically this one with the house, because it was such a big manifestation, and I was also not just manifesting for myself, I was also manifesting for my then husband and then stepdaughter, so it was a manifestation where it's more than just myself involved, plus there was finances involved big finances involved. So there was a little bit more at stake. I feel like I should probably just say a little bit more on this one because there was some pushback. And pushback when you're using the law of attraction and your manifestation is close is very, very common. And a lot of people, when they experience the pushback, they give up. They see that as a sign to stop trying, that it's not meant for them. But sometimes the pushback is just God saying to you, are you sure you're going to you know, are you sure you want this? Are you sure you're ready for this? Uh, are you sure your mindset's ready? Are you sure you're ready to do the things for it? And um, at that point, when we experienced the pushback, my intuition said, no, no, it's still our house. There were other buyers and they'd 
actually outbid us and they had actually been accepted by the agent because they kind of had to. It was a whole situation that I don't need to go into now. There was a situation and the other buyers had actually been accepted. And at the very final moment, their bank declined their loan and they were back to us again. And our bank said yes. And we signed for the house and got the house. But it was a step for us again to not give up and then have that faith, stay clear on what we wanted and keep pushing and working for it. And then it came to us in the end and we got the house and then we got divorced and there are other things in that. I also, um, very apropos, all the things you manifest, you're constantly manifesting. The, the divorce was very much also a manifestation, not just from myself, but from my ex-husband as well. We both manifested that as well, in case you're wondering. That is not the thing that I'm going to speak into as my third thing. The third thing that I want to say is while I had that house with my um, uh, ex-husband, there was a big, beautiful garden. We were out in the countryside. There was a big, beautiful garden. And I said to my then husband, I said to him, I would love a rose garden. I want a rose garden. And I was manifesting for myself. I, was like, I need a rose garden. I want a big rose garden. I want white roses. I want red roses. I want yellow roses. I want all the roses. Okay, fast forward. We're clearly divorced. We were trying to put a rose garden in, well, trying. I'm putting that in quotations because we weren't really trying. There were so many other things that we needed to do on the house. We had to completely refurbish the house um, because it was a very old house. It was 100 years old. So there was a lot of things that needed to be done and refurbed. And, you know, putting in a rose garden wasn't financially within our economy at the time or a priority. So I bought little rose bushes, but nothing, you know, that was like, okay, this is the dream yet. But I was like constantly thinking, it's coming, it's coming, my rose garden is coming. We got divorced. And so um, I left the house. Uh, my ex-husband bought me out of the house. And I held on to this idea of that rose garden. I don't know why. This rose garden is when you are divinely inspired for something, it's not going to go away, even if it looks like, where is it going to come from now? The point is, I got a divorce. It was a long divorce that made me feel like I need to just leave the country for a minute. So I went on this road trip. Now I live in Spain and you will never guess the house that I'm currently in right now has an amazing rose garden. And it's got pink roses, red roses, blood red roses, white roses, yellow roses. It's got all the roses and they're everywhere in the garden. And I did not know this when I rented this house. I didn't see roses because the pictures they took were, they took it in the winter time. So there were no flowers. It was all kind of gray looking. But again, even this house I manifested. And I, again, there's so many things I, I've manifested. But again, trying to keep this episode short, which it definitely isn't. Um, I came to this house and when I was here for the first week, I started going around this huge garden. This is a very, very big garden that's um, in this pro that belongs to this property. And I noticed the amount of rose bushes. And once they started blooming, the joy in my heart of knowing that I manifested this and also trusting again in Allah's divine timing, it came at the right time because I was so broken after my divorce with my ex-husband and there were so many things happening, a lot of chaos around me and calamity to come to this most gorgeous place here in Spain and then see the roses because the roses brought me so much comfort 
so much comfort. And so, again, speaking into the whole point of manifestation, you can decide the what you want and the why you want it, but the how you're going to get it, when you're going to get it, and where you're going to get it, Leave that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he knows best. He knows best. I could have had the rose garden. Let's just say I had the rose garden. Oh, the electricity went out in the house. This happens. I live very rural in Spain. We're just going to leave it as it is for now. So uh, apologies if you're watching on YouTube because <laughs> the light uh, has changed drastically suddenly. Um, but we're just going to continue. So imagine for a second that I had gotten the rose garden in the house in Denmark, which would have made that house even more perfect for me at the time. I would have been like, oh my God, it was hard enough for me to sell my shares of the house to my ex-husband and leave that house because I really, really loved that house. And with everything else, I felt like I lost so much. I don't have to like, we don't, we can definitely talk about it at some point, maybe not right now, but you know, I was losing my um, husband. I was losing the life I thought we were going to have. I was losing my stepdaughter. And then on top of that, I felt like I was also losing my home and the home that f my like first time homeowner. And it was like my perfect perfect home. So imagine that I'd also managed to get the rose garden right then and there as well. Imagine for a second that I'd had that rose garden on top of that right, at, right there. Could you imagine the extra feeling of loss and sadness and hope, hopelessness I would have felt in that moment? Rather than trusting again in a lust divine timing and plan for me to come to Spain on my own feeling hopeless, feeling lost, feeling all these things that, you know, just weighed me down, depressed, all these things. And then Allah was like, here's your roses. Because I know that while all these other things, sometimes we also just need something else to hold on to, that to help us hold on to it. And so I could go out every day and I could prune my rose bushes and I could look at my roses and just be so thankful, so incredibly thankful for the situation I'm in, even though it came after such a difficult time. What you want, why you want it. Those are the two things that I held on to in all of those three manifestations. Again, there were several other things. Again, I could have talked about this whole house, especially as well. I can do that in a different video. If you want to see more of these, like the things that I manifested into my life, let me know. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Manifesting Muslim and let me know. Then I can definitely do a part two to this. Um, but but what I, I, I want to really emphasize on is you need to know what it is that you want to manifest. Be specific here. It's, you know, be specific why you want to manifest it. What is it about it? Why is it, you know, the book, because there was a message, there's a story. I know this is something that's going to help not just me, but other people. The house, because I was like, this is the house that my husband and I at the time I thought we're going to grow old in it's going to be good for us we've got space I can have a home office we've got two dogs you know uh, it's a lifestyle it's that whole healthy lifestyle that we so wanted together at the time when we still wanted to be together <laughs> okay I can laugh about it now it's okay I've done a lot of therapy um, so I knew the what and the why and again with the roses the what I want a rose garden because why because a I love being out in the garden and I love roses I've always had this this uh, special attachment to roses specifically. I think it's one of the most wonderful flowers out there. They make me happy. And also they are such a life lesson type of 
flower. I can, I'm just going to go into it really quickly, but I promise it's going to be the last thing I say, and then I'm going to finish this episode here. But roses is such a good reminder for me that sometimes, because roses, if you've ever had roses, they are, they're a weed, <laughs> but they're so beautiful. And you have to be quite tough when you have rose bushes because you need to prune them quite aggressively but without this pruning and without literally going in and cutting the dead away and things that are no longer serving it will die the whole bush will die and i find it to be such a beautiful reminder for me in my everyday life that if i don't take care of cut these things away when they're no longer serving me then I will wither away it's constant it's that letting go to let in let go to let in and roses for me is just such a beautiful reminder in nature that constantly reminds me of it so for me having roses and rose bushes is such a beautiful way for myself to remind myself of letting go to let in um and yeah so that was just a very quick little rundown of why roses specifically for me but again those are just three examples of the things that i have successfully manifested into my life there are other things that i could speak into if you want to hear that let me know over on instagram at manifesting muslim i leave me a comment slide into my dms do whatever you need to do don't slide into my dms if you're a dude first of all second of all um if you're going to be weird about it like just, just I'm, I'm good thank you <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for um, tuning in to this week's episode. I will see you next week, inshallah, same time, same place. But until then, my darling friend, please don't forget to live in love. <laughs>